months ago, a couple months ago, I went in to have my annual eye checkup with uh, Dr. Todd Wydell, and he looked at my eyes, and he, he said, there's something, I think his words, something wonky going on with one of your eyes, and I think it is this, but I, I, I want you to go get it checked out. So I went to Minneapolis to a specialist, and, and he checked my eye, and he said, yeah, this is happening, and, and it should not be anything uh, serious, uh, but uh, you just, one of those eye problems, and I know we've got lots of people that in our church family that have gone through uh, the uh, surgeries for their cataracts, and eventually uh, I will need to have that as well, but eye problems are, uh, can be serious. Uh, I read uh, the story here of a 76-year-old John. He was slim, fit, and uh, active following retirement, then he had a heart attack, then he determined he was going to uh, become more active and, be, and get more physical. And so it was summers in Wisconsin and winters in Florida, but mostly it was just golf. Almost every day he played golf. And because his wife was uh, preoccupied, he challenged Glenn to 18 holes, and the two of them went out to play golf. And right on the first hole, the story says that uh, John drove his ball right down the center of the fairway, and then he stepped off to the side. And it was Glenn's turn, and so Glenn uh, teed up his ball, and he swung vigorously and the, hit the ball with the toe of his club, and it shot over 100 miles an hour off to the right and hit Glenn right in the left eye and his eyeball fell out into his hand and burst into blood uh, all over his face. By the time they arrived at the clinic, Glenn was still as white as a sheet. Uh, the injured John, however, was obviously enjoying himself, even though covered with blood. I, I guess Glenn never knew I had an artificial eye, he twinkled. I popped it out to make sure it wasn't broken. I didn't really mean to scare him like that. Uh, so uh, my eye problems are nothing compared to that, but what I am concerned about is the eye problems that I have other times, and maybe you find yourself like this as well, that there are times when your eye problems can be much more serious than that. Uh, I am not appreciated. I, I am not treated right. I am overlooked. I am underpaid, I am unloved, or I am always right. I know what I'm talking about. I will do it myself. I am in charge. And those are the types of eye problems that will bring us the most problem, something that a surgery uh, with uh, instruments cannot do, but something that God's word can do for us. It's an eye disease that tends to spread to the mouth and, that, uh, and to the tongue. And so instead of a smile, there is a frown. And instead of uh, encouragement, there is criticism that comes out. And what it does is reveals that it's already been spread to the heart. So it is a, an eye disease that needs to be taken care of. 
and especially around Thanksgiving time, I, I'm hoping that we might recognize when it shows up in our lives. It, it's a sign of heart trouble. Elijah had it, didn't he? I mean, he's uh, sitting there underneath the tree, and he says, I am the only one that uh, proclaims you, that loves you anymore, God. Just take me home. I'm the only one left. Get me out of this world. And as I was thinking about that, you know, I spend quite a bit of time saying, Lord, just get us out of this world. Just get, may the rapture come. I think it is biblical to desire to see the Lord in his return. Uh, maybe I want to speed it up a little more, but here uh, Elijah caught that. And, and Jonah did as well. He sits on the hill after, after Nineveh, or yeah, after they have uh, repented. And he says, I knew this was going to happen. I knew you, I was going to come in here and preach, and now you, they, they repent, and now you've forgiven them, and you're not going to destroy them. I knew you'd make me look like a fool. Yeah, he had eye problems as well. And so I hope that, that uh, Scripture, what we talk about today, will cure eye problems if you have them now or if they show up in the future. You know, I did hear, uh, maybe you did too, that if you have warts, if you spit on them, that will cure it. Did you hear that? Uh, well, we, that's not the same for eye problems. You don't have, don't have to spit on your eyes. But uh, it does involve the mouth, and it does involve the tongue. Uh, just not the spittle, I guess. Uh, Psalm 31, the verses we read, I want to read them again. And then we're going to go to Psalm 92, the first five verses. Psalm 31, in thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in thy righteousness. Bow down thine ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Be thou my strong rock for an house of defense to save me. For thou art my rock and my fortress. Therefore, thy name's sake lead me and guide me. Pull me out of the net that they have laid privately or secretly for me. For thou art my strength. Into thine hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. Of course, that verse 5 is what Jesus quotes on the cross, isn't it? When uh, he has done his work on the cross... But I want us to see three things in this passage, but also in Psalm 92. So Psalm 92, the first five verses, I'm going to read these. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. It's a good thing to show forth thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night. Upon an instrument of ten strings, and upon the psaltery, upon the harp, with a solemn sound. For thou, Lord, hast made me glad through thy work. I will triumph in the works of thy hands. O Lord, how great are thy works, and thy thoughts are very deep. What uh, I want us to consider is a cure for eye disease this morning. Uh, and I believe that it is expressed in the Psalms. In fact, the Psalms are cures for eye disease. It gets our eyes off of ourselves, 
and it places them where they belong upon God. And so, as we look at that this morning, I want us to see that there are three things that are done with the mouth that will cure our eyes. It is a a vaccination, maybe. Maybe this is the vaccination against eye disease. The first is reciting God's attributes. All through the Psalms, the attributes are recited. I just picked a couple that begin to a little bit to recite the attributes. Psalm 8610 says, For thou art great. Well, what's an attribute? An attribute is something that describes God. It tells us who he is. Do you know any attributes? You know, you can come up with attributes. Uh, you know, when you learn them in seminary, is omni- omnipotent and omnipresent and omniscient. And most of the time, we don't even know what they're talking about. But uh, Mom Phillips, before she went to meet her Savior, she struggled with uh, discouragement and worry. And so her, her cure or her uh, antidote or her vaccination was going through God's word and finding attributes about God. And I, I remember times going to their house and, and she would have in her lap uh, uh, stacks of paper and she's writing uh, on these um, papers. And what, what are you writing? I'm writing attributes about God. Why? Because it gets my eyes off of myself and off of worries and places them where they belong, the attributes of God. She had stacks and stacks of paper, which she then condensed into uh, this little book, and, and, we, uh, and she had it, had it printed, and, and she sold a bunch. At her funeral, we had boxes, and, and you were able to pick one up. So I'm, I'm hoping that most of you have a little book like this, but attributes of God. She went through... A to Z, finding the attributes of God, and the very first one, abiding, able, abolishing, above, abundant, accepting, accomplishing, admired, uh, adopting, an advocate, afflicting, alive, all, almighty, um, alpha and omega, and then a whole bunch, and then a balm of Gilead, our banner, a bearing, beautiful, beholding, Believable, blessed, bountiful, the branch, the bread. Uh, these are characteristics of God. God captain, caring, carry, uh, causing, changeless. It just went through the entire alphabet. Why? Because she knew that she had a problem with eye disease. And that she needed, and the way she was going to uh, get the cure was by uh, reciting God's attributes. I don't, you can recite them in your head, but I'm hoping that there are times when you recite them vocally, out loud, when you're driving in the car, or when you're sitting at your desk, or you're vacuuming the floor. Recite them out loud, uh, just what you know about God, who he is. Uh, he exhibited many in the past. If you go through the Psalms, you know that they recite, these things happened in the past. Attributes of God. Um, uh, God, you were great when you, when you brought out Israel out of Egypt. Your greatness. You're the deliverer. 
And sometimes we need it when our eyes begin to hurt. We say, I don't understand what's going on here. I don't deserve this. I don't know why it's happening to me. And then you begin to quote the attributes of God. And you say, well, yeah, that's what David did through the Psalms. That's what Moses did in some of the Psalms that he wrote, exhibited in the past, but also exhibited in the present. You know, what, what attribute of God do you think of today? You know, in your mind, where does your mind go when you say, what is God? Who is God? What is he like? What comes to your mind? You know, maybe it's uh, when you're having a financial struggle and you say, Lord, I know you're the, you own the cattle on a thousand hills. I know the finances is not a problem to you. I know that uh, you uh, hold the wealth of the entire world in your hands, that you created all of these things, and so I should not be con- uh, worried about uh, uh, where, uh, the funds. I should be asking, what is it you want to, me to learn from this struggle that I'm going through? And, and exi- quote or recite the attributes of God uh, maybe it's a problem you have in your home and you say, Lord, all things work together for good. I do not see anything good in this. But you begin to recite his attributes and uh, glorifying God. If it brings glory to God, it is good. That's what we're here for. Uh, so we praise God uh, in reciting his attributes that describe who he is. Secondly, reciting his works. Because every attribute he has, he, de- he demonstrates through the work. Some work that he does. His power, he demonstrates. Uh, he demonstrated through his creation. Uh, his majesty, he demonstrates through the uh, mountains and his creation that he has created. Uh, he demonstrated every attribute by some work. You say, well, what about today? He demonstrates his love for us. How did he demonstrate it? Well, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So God demonstrated his love by giving us his son. God the son demonstrated his love by dying on the cross for us. Uh, God the Holy Spirit demonstrates his love by never leaving us nor forsaking us, always being present with us, ready to encourage us, ready to teach us. And and so we recite God's works, his his omnipotence is all-powerful. How did he demonstrate that? He came forth from the grave. We had uh, LeVon Thiesing's funeral this week on Thursday, and uh, that's a demonstration of God's power because he came forth from the grave. So uh, Yvonne, she just stepped from one life into the next, or into her real life there. And so uh, his graciousness for us, he forgives us. So we look at his works. And over and over again, look at his works. You know, thou art great, you led Israel out of Egypt. Thou art great. You opened the Red Sea. Uh, your greatness was revealed when you uh, sent manna and you sent water out of a rock and you parted the Jordan River 
his greatness often. And, and so when we, when we begin to have eye problems, start to recite his power. Start to recite his works. What about in your life? What has he done in your life that you could recite and say, thank you, Jesus? Well, the most obvious one is your salvation. Thank you, Jesus, for, for uh, forgiving me of my sin and saving me, doing the work upon the cross for me. If you were here last Sunday night, uh, we heard Mike Nelson's testimony. Now, he's in Teen Challenge right now, but a teacher in Pequot uh, for years. And so uh, he gave his testimony of how he came to Christ. And he was rejoicing. He said, you know, all of these years I've been trying to uh, uh, overcome uh, alcohol uh, by myself and in my own strength, and I could not do it. And now he's turned it over to Christ, and I hope that we'll have opportunity to continue to encourage him through this. So... Uh, praising God involves reciting his attributes. Praising God uh, involves reciting his works. And I encourage you to make them vocal praises. Um, there's, uh, our problems become pretty small when we see the God who is, uh, can take care of our problems. Now, praise is not only glorifying to God, but it, it it affirms our confidence in him, and that's the last thing, uh, thanking him. I, as, uh, as Psalm 92 is just uh, thanking him. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. Uh, it's, it's to show forth thy loving kindness, which is an attribute of God. In the morning, faithfulness at night, that is an attribute uh, praise him upon an instrument, saying, make it, make it heard by others. Uh, it's, you, you can't put a mute, uh, like on the violin, that w and uh, it's so that God and others can hear our praise and hear our thanks, because that is why we are here to thank God. Uh, exhibited before us, you know, as I was thinking about this, I thought, you know, it's been a long time since I've used a balloon. But uh, every time we recite God's uh, attributes, or every time we recite God's uh, uh, actions, his work, it's like saying, in thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. What does that do? That's praise to God. I don't know if you can see that on there, but I've got God written on the balloon. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in thy righteousness. Bow down thine ear to me. These are all praises. And as we recite his attributes, I can see right now this is not going to work, but as we recite God's attributes, he becomes larger, not a bigger God, but only bigger in our sight, right? Because uh, he cannot get any bigger. He cannot get any more loving. He cannot get any more powerful. But in our eyes, he does. Every time we praise him, it's a, uh, it's a praise. It's a, every time we thank him, 
he gets bigger and bigger in our eyes. And our problems, our eye problems, get smaller and smaller. But there, there's also a problem here. Every time we whine, every time we complain, woe is me, I can't take this any longer. Why did it happen to me? I just can't stand it. Oh, my. Why did I even get born? You see what's happening? God gets smaller and smaller. Every time you catch yourself whining and complaining, realize that what you're saying is God isn't as great as he used to be. Or God has turned his back on me. And, and uh, I, I'm not nearly as grateful as I was before. See, we enter this Thanksgiving season. We have an opportunity either to exalt or expand or lift up or raise God in the eyes, on our eyes, and also in the eyes of those around us. Or we have opportunity to whine and complain about everything that's going on, and it just makes him smaller and smaller and smaller. That option is left up to us. Let's pray. Father, I know that Thanksgiving is all year round. Every day, every hour, we ought to be thanking you. We ought to be exalting you. We ought to be expressing our confidence in you. And David did this. And I pray that I will remember when I begin to complain to read a psalm, to read it out loud, uh, to uh, read the words that the Holy Spirit gave to David as he experienced the same things, maybe to a much greater degree, than we do. Lord, when I complain about COVID, when I complain about getting sick, when I complain about uh, so many things, might I remember that it's diminishing you in the eyes, in my eyes and in the eyes of others. So, Father, I give you my eyes. Might I remember these things, please. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.